Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. My name is Lauren Brunswick and I am your host. Um, So typically I start out almost every podcast comically saying like, today's going to be a great podcast and it's going to be real fun. Um, Today is going to be a great, great episode. And, um, but it's a serious topic. It's, it's actually a very, very serious topic. Um, and I, I, it needs a little bit of a preface. Um, there's some trigger warning things that I want to give you a heads up on. Um, this today we're going to talk about sexual assault. Um, I think I might drop an f bomb a couple times in there. Um, and so there's a background on this. So we have a guest. Um, um, Nisa jo- Jones, Dr. Nisa, and she's amazing and she's written a book and I'll tell you all about her in a minute. But, um, it was one of those things where I would say about nine months ago, I got a question submitted to me on Instagram actually. And when I read it, I was like, oh shit, how, how do I answer this question? And so Um, you know, I, I did some searching, trying to find like an expert on this and, you know, I was just kind of hitting a wall, like nobody was seeming right. And then I came across Dr. Nisa and her book that she, um, wrote and I was just like, oh, this is who we need to have on. And so I will start with the question. It's actually kind of like a listener highlight and question. And then I will um, talk to you about Nisa and then we'll get started. But I do want to give you a heads up that today's a it's a pretty heavy interview. Um, Her explaining her story and the absolute hell that she has had to go through not once, but twice, but multiple times. Um, And she is inspiring in her story but there are some points that um you know just if you're going for a run if it's sunday fun day run day and you are just not in the mental headspace to hear about rape and sexual assault you have you have been forewarned okay so obviously i'm going to keep the privacy of this person um 
yes, I'm just going to keep their privacy. So it says, hello, Lauren, I'm a try blank at blank university, and I love your page and podcast. It has been one of the things that inspired me to create a women's club on campus. I'm still in early episodes of your podcast and wanted to bring a topic up. I would love to hear about um, and think female docs would love to hear about. Please excuse me if you have addressed this in more recent podcasts. Um, so that, that was the listener highlight. She said she loved the podcast and I inspired her. So there you go. So now we'll go to our question. It says, I've been sexually assaulted by a close family member when I was young and another time by a friend in hash or air quotes during undergrad. Every day I get better and stronger, but I have been holding back on some of my adjustments. I also have big boobs and a small body. My breasts stick out when I'm trying to do adjustments on males. I feel like my body won't let me do some adjustments, especially anteriors. I try my best to get out of my head, but I still seem to struggle with that. Unfortunately, the statistics of how many women are sexually assaulted are too high to not address to women chiropractors. Um... I, hell, I can guarantee that the school won't address this and help female students. Thank you for your time. I hope to hear back soon. Um, so obviously, like I said, when I get that DM, um, is heartbroken. Like, I that is not a part of my history. She's right that sexual assault, the rates in women are astronomical and not okay. And it is not something that we talk about. Right. Like um, you'll hear Dr. Nisa say that, like, she didn't you she tell she says she's like she didn't even tell her mom. And so I'm not going to not have this topic. Like somebody writes me a question. I'm going to have it on the podcast. And so um, let's talk about Dr. Nisa and then we'll pray and then we will get into today's topic. So as one of the nation's most acclaimed business consultant and coach, Dr. Anissa Jones, a.k.a. Dr. Anissa, is a nationally recognized chiropractor who is also a best-selling author and speaker. Dr. Anissa is the founder and clinical director of Total Health Chiropractic and Wellness Center, as well as two other businesses. She shares her business expertise via, via her popular YouTube series, The Boss Up hub to help hashtag head bosses in charge turn their dreams into dividends. With her credentials, gregarious personality, and bedside manner, it is easy to see why she is America's chiropractor. Um, she was great. Like, I was obviously nervous to interview because I don't know, you guys probably don't know this much about me, but I stick my foot in my mouth terribly all the time like because I have questions and like I like go about things wanting to get questions answered but like my my mouth moves faster than my head and so like but she oh my gosh Gregory's personality she's amazing she is entertaining with such a heavy topic she just keeps this podcast episode still so inspiring. So before we go in and pray, I do want to mention just one quick thing. Part of the question had to do with like being a large chested woman and adjustments. And Dr. Nisa and I don't talk about that in this episode. More we talk about healing from sexual assault. Um, what I will say is that uh, I don't do, you don't have to do anteriors. <laughs> like, 
I am very cautious of, you know, I have large a large chest as well. And I am very cautious about always making sure that like when I bend over, that you don't have a straight line down my shirt. Um, I've had to go home on lunch breaks before because I'm like, whoops, a doodle. Uh, that's not a good adjusting shirt, thought it was. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't do a lot of anteriors on men, um, but I don't do a lot of anteriors in general, but like you just, if there's an adjustment you don't like doing, do not do it. There are more than one way to bake a cake and just don't do anything that doesn't make you comfortable. I also don't do a lot of pubic bone adjustments on men because I get uncomfortable. So let's pray and then we will dive in. Dear God, thank you for the strength of women like Dr. Nisa who are willing to share their trauma and their experience, help it continue to be cathartic to them and a part of their journey here. Um, you have given each person on this earth such an interesting and different journey. Um, so for those that have experienced sexual assault, help them heal. Help them feel comfortable in their body. Help them find security as much as they can. Help them find hope in a safe relationship, a safe, loving relationship in their future. And um, help them continue to go through the process and whatever that looks like in writing, in therapy in sharing their story and help them do the work however that looks for them and let please god fill their heart with patience patience for themselves grace forgiveness for whatever they need for themselves for others make it all about them in their healing and for those listening um you know help us bring awareness around this topic of sexual assault in women. I don't think it's going away. This is not a new issue. Um, but the more that, the more that we don't shy away from these stories, the more that we give room for these stories, allow other women, allow us to hold space for other women to step forward and not carry any shame or guilt or whatever um, victims may have with them. So in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, everyone. So here's my conversation with Dr. Nisa Jones. Uh, I think I think you're going to like it. It's a good one. Enjoy. Okay. Well, Dr. Nisa, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for being on the She Slays podcast. I'm so excited to see you face to face. I'm so excited to be here. You know, this is indeed my pleasure to be a part of what you have going on and in sharing the message uh, from a female's perspective. Mm -hmm. Yep. That is why the podcast, you know, like I allow some men to listen um, as if I have any control, <laughs> uh, but every once in a while, I just have to have a very like girl riot, like feminist on just to like, keep them like, you know, a little on their toes. Like you're going to listen to this podcast and we're going to do what we want as women. Exactly. Okay. So I found you actually, um, 
through the internet where everybody finds everyone nowadays um, mm-hmm. on your book, uh, Trauma to Triumph. And I would love for anybody who hasn't heard of you yet, Dr. Nisa, to give us kind of your background. And I know that's a loaded question. Go take yeah. as long as you want, go as you know, in depth as you want. But like, I would love to hear who you are and how you've kind of gotten to this point. Sure. Um, well, my name again is Dr. Nisa. I am a sports certified chiropractor. Um, and I got to this point just by the grace of God. I will tell you that uh, I shouldn't be here. I should be dead uh, of, in, in all conventional reasons. I should not still be here, but by, but God. And that's what I say all the time. It was but by his grace, by his mercy that I survived some of the traumatic things that happened to me in my childhood, in my developmental years, and my, my, my snitch in college. And so um, what I decided to do, you know, was to write a book. And the book is called From Trauma to Triumph. It's an entrepreneur's guide to starting over. Because I noticed that when I started my business, some of the trauma that I had from childhood, those developmental years and in college was creeping into my business. And until I had an opportunity to deal with that and tell my story, I wasn't going to move into the echelon that I wanted to move into. So, you know, I had the good fortune of growing up with my grandmother. Um, my grandmother was a very holistic woman. She did all of the wonderful homeopathic things. And I would sit there and watch in amazement, like, wow, what is she doing? You know, she would be in um, the kitchen like a mad chef, just whipping up stuff. And it just really um, piqued my interest on holistic health care. And my grandmother always uh, also was the one that introduced me to chiropractic. If she hadn't have introduced me through to chiropractic by taking us to the chiropractic to get adjustments, I probably wouldn't know what a chiropractor is and like, what a what chiropractor is. That? that would have been back in the 80s. Okay. And so um, I, I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't have known uh, what it, what it was uh, in, in my culture. And I am an African American woman. That is not something that's real in that time, at that time, uh, because I'm a product of the seventies was not something that you would glean on as a, a first portal to healthcare. So um, I just had the blessing and the fortune of a grandmother that, knew what it was, how it was important to her lifestyle, and she shared that with her family, thus creating a generational lifestyle. Well, because a generation after generation, we all go to the chiropractor. We all understand what the chiropractor is and its importance to the healthcare team. So um, she she did that for me. She would say things all the time, you know, how our body heals, it's, is able to heal itself. It just may need a little help. And my grandmother was a very spiritual woman, so she always was quoting scripture as well and how it all re, re, uh, related to um, us in our lifestyle and our health and everything like that. So it was just a sheer amazement when um, I decided that I was going to go to chiropractic school. Um, and I got there and they was kind of echoing all this stuff my grandmother told me. And I was like, 
chiropractic definitely chooses its sons and daughters. It is not the other way around. A lot of people think they choose chiropractic. Mm -mm. Chiropractic chooses you. Because did you originally want to go to med school? Did I? I I got into med school. I applied to med school. I was going to be OBGYN. That's my story too. I didn't even apply, but like before chiropractic found me and I have a very similar story. Chiropractic, I remember the day, the moment that it was like, I was 12 years old (laughs) and I was like, oh, I'm going to be a chiropractor. It found me. But up until then, I was going to be an OB-GYN. I was I wanted to deliver babies. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to make sure women had the best health care, that there were no disparities as it relates to women. I was going to be a champion. I was going to be, woo, you know, but I, you know, after, after uh, a recruiter came to uh, my my college, I went to Fort Valley State, and they were trying to get more minorities into the chiropractic field. He came and he was like, hey, what are you going to be doing in your future? I'm like, honey, I already got accepted into the Medical College of Georgia. I'm going to go on school to be an OBGYN. And I said it all snooty like that, too. I'm going to be a real doctor. I'm going to be a real doctor. <laughs> I said just like that and he was like well since you already got your plan you know so it's not going to hurt you any any to come and spend two weeks at Life University and uh, all expenses paid on on us and I'm like "Hmm, well I have nothing to do I don't start until the fall I could go and go hang out with them in in Atlanta and and and, and let them spend all their money on me got to life and that's when the messaging from my grandmother that she was telling me all these years as a child as in a, as a develop in my developmental years they were saying the same thing your body has everything that it needs to heal itself I kept saying that over and over again I could hear my grandmother echoing those same things to me as a child and I'm like I felt like I had found my tribe that's the best way that I can describe it. I felt, I felt at ease as I was learning more and more about the art and philosophy and science of chiropractic, not just chiropractic from a patient's point of view. Yeah. Because that's the only lens that I had at the time was chiropractic right. from a patient's point of view. And so those two weeks changed my life in that program. And I knew immediately then I was going to regrettably have to tell the Medical College of Georgia that I would not be in their starting class and that I went on ahead and went to Life University and started my career in chiropractic. But, you know, navigating chiropractic um, at the time, I, it was not easy for me. It was not easy to be a, a brown person at the time. And I still really do feel that because of the traumas that I experienced as a child, I was evoking some of that to others and I wasn't really dealing with it so that I could be a better person. Like in practice, is that what you mean? Or no, even at school, even, even at at school. So just to put things in perspective, I went to all black high school. I went to an all-black university for my undergrad, and here I was thrust in a sea of 
people that did not look like me. And was it a majority men also still? Was it like men, men, men? Yes, it was. So a lot of the a lot of the females, uh, a lot of the white females felt the way that I felt mm-hmm. in that in that environment because it was very well male dominated. So so you had so I had a double whammy. I had to deal with the gender, and then I had to deal with the ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I, you know, and so I when I got there, I was like I was so full of hope, and I was then then you have to navigate now and now you got to figure out how to get in the good old boy club so you can get some information because it's definitely cohort style um, in school. And so I, I figured out really early how I was going to have to get myself in gear so I could really do well in the program. So yeah, I graduated with honors in, in, at the school. I did all of that. uh, One of three, black students in the class to graduate that year and left out of there gone whole on what I wanted to do. Still not really understanding at the time that I was still holding on Mm -hmm. to some of the traumas that happened to me in my childhood. So because I'm not embarrassed about it anymore, I will share it with your audience. Um, When I was a young person um, in the sixth grade, my stepfather uh, molested me for many years and he would sneak in my room at night and make me do adult acts with him. And that's the best way that I can start, say it. It started out with, with hand acts and then it turned into oral acts and then it eventually turned into full blown uh, sexual uh, intercourse. And at the time, um, you know, that's an 11 year old girl and you're in your developmental years and you don't know what any of this is. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing with it. It made me be very um, cautious as it related to men and being in a space with men. Hence why it was hard to navigate in that male space at school. is we male dominated and we're touching and feeling mm-hmm. yeah and um and so so and I, I was in a in such in a space where um I, I felt like it was my responsibility to do what I was doing because it, it was saving my mother because my stepfather was physically abusive to her and as long as I played along with the fairy tale that he had in his mental mentally challenged head he never beat my mother oh my he, gosh. so I felt a responsibility to 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 her so if 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 I if I challenged she got beat if I did not challenge she didn't get beat. So that was a burden to have to carry. And still to this day, I am 49 years old. I still feel responsible for my mother. And she's, she, she is a wonderful woman and she is doing her thing as well. But I still feel like I'm responsible for her. And she is 71 years old. And well, so I would and, imagine that, I mean, just during those years, that's going to develop more than just how you want to protect your mother, I would assume, and this is kind of what you alluded to a couple minutes ago, um, that a lot of this, uh, would you call it 
boundary, like mm-hmm. relationship boundary issues, mm-hmm. I can see where this would absolutely start to show up in practice. Oh um, yeah. In a healthy way. Oh yeah. Very, uh, very, uh, very unhealthy. And um, so we got through, we got through that, I guess you could say, cause I never got through that. I never was afforded the counseling that I should have gotten as a young person to really understand what was happening to me, um, that it was wrong, that what he was doing to me was not right, and that it was not my responsibility to take care of my mother, but it was my mother's responsibility to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I was, so I, so I used the time that most people would have kind of got into this inner shell with themselves and I used mine the opposite. I was more expressive and I poured myself into learning and being a, a very, very intelligent person. So I graduated really high in honors in school. I went to college with, you know, all these hopes and dreams of what I wanted to do. And because, you know, I was going, I'm going to be OBGYN. So I got good grades. <laughs> so get to medical school. That was my charge. That was my goal. And, um, and then I got to campus uh, and, um, and I started at another college, not the one I eventually graduated because I had to leave. Um, and I mean, my first month of school there, I ended up going somewhere with a couple of girlfriends uh, who I thought were my girlfriends and I ended up at a party and we got separated. I don't know how we got separated at the party, but we did. So I went outside to try to see if the car was still out there and started to wander and got accosted. So, I mean, somebody got me, they pulled me in the car. They, um, they were, they were mean to me. All right. So they took me to uh, what I later found out was an abandoned building. And I got, I got raped and beat and left for dead. And that's why I started this whole thing saying that I shouldn't be here. All the conventional reasoning says I shouldn't be here because most people wouldn't have persevered. Most people would be blaming Yep. Blaming others. Yep. Most people would be gotten angry. Oh yes. Angry, bitter. It's so many different adjectives that we could come up with, but I chose to chat channeled it in another way. I said, I did not want to be de- defeated. I did not want to be the victim in this. I wanted to win. And that, and, and so after all that happened and I was left there for dead because I was in a building where people weren't supposed to come until what what the what the janitor that found me said, well, you know, we normally don't come in here on Sunday. That's what he told me. I had been in there for three days. Oh my God. And he said, we 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 we, we normally don't be coming here on Sunday, but I left some tools that I needed. And he heard me whimpering in a locked closet. And, um, but God, and that's what I'm going to say, because I have no other words. I can't even put wrap my mind around 
him being there. But God, because he wouldn't have, he, he wasn't supposed to be there. And um, he, he took me to the authorities. They went through all of the things. And because I was bound and gagged and blindfolded through all the whole ordeal, we never, we never found out who did that to me. We ne- we, I don't know how many it was, but I know that there were different voices. My God. And so again, another situation where the distrust with men, the being more uncomfortable with men was there. And so it was such the talk on campus that I had to go to, I had to, re, I had to leave there mm-hmm. so that I could have a space to, to grow. Because if I had a stake, other people knew that's why. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's not just something, you know, I, I have read that there's so much shame that comes with sexual trauma. Um, and so like, that's the last thing you probably wanted was this being like known and you're just like wanting to like hide it and like, just right. And, that's right. I, 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 it was like scarlet letter. That's the best way I can describe it on campus. Every time I walk, people would be in corners whispering, chattering, talking about it. You're getting angry. You're getting mad. You're getting sad. You're getting bitter. Every time you hear it, the boys are talking about you. They're putting you on, on lists. And at that time, because I went to, I went to school in the, um, in the, in, in 89, they, 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 this campus had something called a freak list mm-hmm. and they would, and they would have all the women that they thought were loose or, or whatever on this list. And then they would have them rated on a, um, from one to however many they had on the list. And if you were number one, that means you were the biggest one of all. I was number two. And nobody didn't know me and I hadn't gotten there and only because of this incident that happened. And every right to just be pissed at the world. Right. (laughs) And just be like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. And I, and, and, and I've talked to others that have that and I totally understand why, because I've gone through it. But again, I did not want my life to have to be on hold on something that I didn't do. I, I, I couldn't in good faith um, have, have that where it felt like I was responsible. Mm-hmm. I wasn't responsible for that. Mm-hmm. I didn't make that happen to me. I was not going to own that. I wasn't. Those people did something bad. They did something mean. They did every. They did that to me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't buying into that. You you said that you didn't do therapy. It doesn't sound like you really allowed any processing time. And I don't like you know. It kind of seems like you switched colleges and you're like, well, I'm gonna get all A's and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna prove that like I'm not gonna be this loser on your freak list. I'm gonna make something of myself. So you didn't process any of this before chiropractic school. Mm-mm. Um, I, the, I did the work after chiropractic school. 
Okay. I did the I did the necessary mental assessments and going to the psychiatrist, the psychologist after chiropractic school. So that after it was after it made me make a bad decision that cost me millions of dollars in my business is when I say, hold up. I'm still dealing with some of this stuff that happened to me as a child, developmental years and in college. Let me do the work so that I can be scalable and sustainable. And um, so, yeah, I had I had fists up in the air, fight what fight for my rights through undergrad, through chiropractic school. And I had it. I had something to prove. I mean, if if it wasn't anything, I was using that same law of attraction that works in a healthy environment. It can definitely hurt help in a, work in a toxic because I was so laser focused on what my goals and what I was going to do and how I was going to do it. It, it. it couldn't go wrong. You know what I mean? Yep. And um, but I wasn't I wasn't well in my soul. I was not well with my soul. I was not happy about what was happening to me. I wasn't, I, all of the, the anger and the bitterness and the madness and the sadness, I was taking it out on my staff. It was not good at all. I'm in a, such a good place right now, but I wasn't in a good place when I started. And I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, I didn't trust anybody. And then the person that I decided I was going to trust, male, took all my money. Wait, what the fuck? You hurt me. <laughs> okay, what happened in the business? Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, tell me more. I I empowered someone to help me with some of the business affairs, like you know, getting getting things paid some contractual things and it stole a um, million and a half dollars from me. Oh my God. So that bankrupt your business. Oh yes. Most and definitely. Did you start right out of school. I start, I went and did an associate before I went into practice. So I did a one year associateship because I already knew that I was going to be an entrepreneur. I had been I had been one before, so I never knew I never wanted to work for anybody. But I did have this mindset when I got out of school that I did want to learn on somebody's dime and time. So um, I wanted I wanted that extra little residency kind of internship kind of thing, because some of the things that we were doing in in clinic in school were so sheltered and safe. So you weren't seeing any Kata Aquanas, you weren't seeing any any of this. You weren't seeing the real people that's gonna come up in your office, right? And so I wanted to, I wanted to have a stint of time where I, where I saw some real people with some real issues and not just seeing safe yep. safe safe stuff, keeping it in the safety zone, like I like I like say. And so I did that, and one year I was opening up my own practice, and by year five I was a millionaire. Still focused. Still. Yeah. So you were still okay. So the uh, is it? Can I call it like? Is the anger? Is that what got oh, you? It was through? such a fuel. It was yep. fuel. So it got you through chiropractic school, mm-hmm. and then because you still hadn't processed a lot of this trauma, it's just like I'm now. I'm going 
boss. Yeah. Okay. It was the fuel. It was definitely the fuel. It, It was the driving force to do what I needed to do. I was so angry to prove a point. You're not going to call me this. You're not going to do me like that. Why, why did you do these things to me? I'm going to show you. You shouldn't have picked on me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where was your, because you, you said your grandmother was very Christian. You're very Christian. Did you feel like you kind of turned from God during mm-hmm. a lot of this or was he... I did not. As I say, my grandmother was a praying grandmother. She prayed me up out of those situations. That's the best way I can describe it. But I do know that the pathway for me may have not been the best, but I did learn a lot from it. And I knew that this, those tests that I was going through was going to make me be a beacon or a voice for those that did, were, for those that don't use their voice. I knew that, I, that during that whole process, I got, I got that revelation as an older person angry. Okay. I got that. I got that on my own. I did not get that from my psychiatrist or my psychologist. I did not. I knew that I, I, I got that from my faith. Okay. I did. I was like, okay, I, there's no way that, you know, I, I would be allowed to go through these things if it was not for a purpose. That's a tough pill to swallow. It, oh, that's why you, that's why your, your, your fuel is angry. It's that's anger. Easier. That's easier. Yeah. That's why you're mad. So we're like, okay, well, okay, well, darn it. If I got to wear this badge and I got to do this and I got to be that, well, let's do it, you know, and, but I'm, but I'm mad why I'm doing it now. (laughs) I'm not happy. Yep. So what was, what caused you to have, was there a moment where you're like, oh shit, I need to process some of this. Um, Like when I lost that one, one point five million dollars. Okay. Cause I, cause I thought that I was, I thought the success that I was building was enough. I thought I was doing the work, you thought you but I was making, but I made a bad decision. And so that means that I wasn't processing some stuff because the person that did this to me were giving me all the signs and signals that not to deal with them. Oh, so there, there were warning signs. Oh, yeah. You know, I tell people, if somebody's going to steal with you, they got to do a test first. They got to pinch a little here first to see if it works. Then they get, start getting the big stuff. So there were, there were warning signs that I could have definitely uh, checked on, and I didn't because I was too focused on the point I was trying to prove. And that was being successful in this business, getting my name out there and getting those people in the door. I was not handling my business. That's why there's a reason why I say, if you don't treat your business like a business, you're going to be out of business. And And that's exactly what happened. And this was a boyfriend or it was a boyfriend, you know, and it's, it, it's um you obviously loved him 
you know, and, and he knew what happened to me too. Uh-huh. And, I, and I do feel like he used that as fuel to push the right buttons to allow me to give him access. Yeah. And the same part of you that loved your mother and wanted to protect her also, it probably made it very easy to look past oh, yeah. a lot of the red flags because mm-hmm. you want to protect people that you care about and, right. and, and didn't want to see that. And his messaging was that, well, if you care about me, you would give me this. Or if you care about me, you will let me be more active in what you've got going on. And that was the messaging. Mm-hmm. And you hadn't processed this yet. And so, like, you didn't even realize that those are trigger words. They you. are. You're right. You're right. I do care about you. <laughs> but <laughs> I tell you right now, nobody... My husband has a, I have an NDA with my husband as well as a prenup. You do? That's fantastic. I, I can't even imagine with the amount of trauma you've experienced, I would, I would not, I don't know how I would be able to open up to people. I don't know how I would. It took, I look, it took 49 years. We're fresh. Mm. We're fresh. It's a fresh, fresh, fresh. We 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 had dated. We had dated for five years. It took that long for me to really say, you know what? This is a really good person. I am not going to put my life on hold. Still thinking that this is the person that took the money from me. This person doesn't want anything from me. They got their own money. They got their own their their own stability. They don't even want to know what I got going on. But and had no problem when I told them uh, to sign those documents. Was readily available and happy to sign them because they want to be with me. Yeah, they weren't trying to be with me for my money. And that person that took my money, they was trying to be with me for gain in the, fi- in the, the for financial gain. That's just what it is. And it's it's, un- it's unfortunate. And it had I had done the work or had um, my parent or guardian, uh, after finding out what happened to me, placed me in the situation for work, I probably would have been better off and it wouldn't have had to happen later on in life. Um, I did, what, I, what I did not tell you is that I didn't tell my mother about the molestation um, until I was 20. From your stepdad? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Were they still together? No, they oh. had already divorced. Wow. And, and so um, you had to have been keeping that secret uh, continually to protect her. I had to. Oh, my gosh. You poor thing. Holy I had child. to. You were a child. I had to, I had to compartmentalize that. Okay, put that in this folder. Put that file in this folder and put it over there and stay focused on the end game. End game, success, get yourself out of the situation. Go, 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 go. It seems like a really inappropriate time to ask, but do you by chance know your Enneagram? I don't. You know, somebody told me I needed to do that. Um, somebody told me. <laughs> I would pay a lot of money to know your Enneagram type right now because I'm just like, 
Okay, so pro- it's got to be three, seven, or eight. Right. Somebody, somebody told me that they were like, "What's your number? What's your number?" <laughs> I'm feeling, I'm feeling a three or an eight. Like anybody listening, like I would love for you to weigh in, but like the, just the like we're not gonna process the. This is funny. And, and let me tell you another thing is I have been told that I have so many male like uh, qualities. Does that piss you and, off? <laughs> Not I've really. been told that too. I actually, for a long time, used to joke that I was a recovering alpha male. <laughs> um, and then I'm like, no, I'm not recovering from, well, I'm recovering from like a lot of, di- but like, um, I am me. And just because I am a strong, opin- like opinionated woman does not mean I am more male. Yeah, I get it all the time. You you're, you you have a lot of male-like qualities. I said, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. So what you're saying that women can't be strong, mm-hmm. women can't be ambitious, women can't be determined, women can't hold their own, that we have to have a man to do those things? Is that what you're saying? No, well, yeah, no. You know, you get that. Well, yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> which, which one of them are yes? Which one of them are no? Um, I'm very resolve driven. So I don't have the emotional attachment. Mm-hmm. And that's because of all the things that have happened to me. Yep. I said, if you knew my story, you'll understand why, why I don't have all those emotional attachments. because. I I saw what happened to me with those emotional, yeah. Uh, con, uh, con, but but through the work is why I'm able to have a very rich relationship right now. Because had I not done that work, I probably would have never married. Because that's a whole boundary you got to get through of somebody touching you. And because yeah. he definitely understands, he understands what I've gone through. He doesn't pressure me or whatever like that he's gone gone and done some work with me i mean he's he's a really nice guy so that's all i can really say but uh he's he's amazing about the boundary work that you did have to do when you did um start working like i'm assuming the therapist kind of brought Mm -hmm. up like boundary issues and Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that yeah, we definitely um, in sessions, we had to figure out, I had to reprogram. I had to be reprogrammed on what was good boundaries to have versus what are bad boundaries to be had. Because as a, as a young person, I thought the bad boundaries were good boundaries. I didn't know what, I didn't, I did not think that what my stepdaddy was doing to me was wrong because it was normal. It got normalized at, as, at, a, at a certain point. I know that sounds really weird, but I had never had sex before, so I didn't know what the heck that was. Um, I didn't know that what he was asking me to do was wrong. All I know that when I did it, my mother didn't, I didn't have to hear them fighting and, and, and I did not hear, have to hear her crying. I did not have to hear her being tossed around the room. I, I knew that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I, I said I felt like I was like a protect in a protecting type of thing, not knowing that what he was doing to me was wrong. It was it was just wrong. 
All right. So in the in the work, we had to kind of go back to those times. To, so I could know that it that sex is not a bad thing. Um, that it's a very a very human thing that that you should enjoy and and share and all that. I had to go through all of that because I didn't want anybody to touch me in those regards. Yeah, because I can imagine. Remember, remember the 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 rape in college. A pregnancy came out of that. Remember. Mm-hmm. Remember. Yeah. So. Um, so that so not only did I have to walk, have the walk of shame, I was pregnant on top of that. And I dare was not going to tell my parents what happened. I wasn't going to tell them that they didn't find out until the book. Wait, say what? You heard me. When did you write the book? Um, 2019. What? Did you like tell your mom like, hey, I wrote this book. Um, <laughs> I'm going to find out in it. Or were you just like, here's your copy, mom. Um, we might want to grab coffee on Friday. <laughs> like, but really. <laughs> it kind of went somewhere like the last one. Here's your oh God. I would kill you. My gra- but see, my grandmother had already passed. So she, she died in 2015. And so I said, well, I don't have to deal with her with this. So, yeah, here, everybody, grab a copy and read it. (laughs) Tell me how you feel. Now, now my son, however, I had already talked to him. Yep. He needed to know what happened. What age was he when you... When, when I sat Christian down to talk to him, Christian was 18. Okay. I didn't think that was something to make a child have to have a burden. No. But as a, as a male child starts to develop, they want to know where their daddy is. Mm-hmm. And they want to know why the daddy ain't there. And that's when, when it started to get to a point where he would start to have self-doubt on himself and start to get angry. I had to go ahead and go and tell him what happened and why, why, why there was no daddy. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of got okay. And we had to do some work with him too. Yep. You have been through so much. Do you get annoyed when people complain? Yeah. (laughs) That's the reason why I get the, oh, you're such a man. Yeah. Don't come a whining over here, honey. I, (laughs) I can't help you. I'm not, I, I'm not the, I'm really not the shoulder to cry on. Yeah. You talked about how your book was cathartic in writing, um, but that you kind of scratched the surface. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And that people have kind of said like, I, I want more. I they want, want more. more. They want details. They want the gory details. And I kind of like said in the book, I kind of said it like, you know, I, I kind of tried to build up the trauma. I tried to say this tra- thing traumatic happened to me as a child. This thing, this traumatic thing happened to me as a young, uh, a, a, what someone would call a young adult, because I was 18 mm-hmm. uh, when I um, when that thing happened with me, and I was a pregnant 
girl. And then I was a full grown up when the third thing happened uh, with the guy that took the $1.5 million from me. So I tried to do this like trifecta kind of thing where you saw these three separate incidents that happened to me in my life, but still, but God, and I still kept moving. All right. Mm -hmm. Because the whole point is uh, of the book was trying to let you know that if you don't deal with the traumatic things that happen to you in your life, and I believe we all have some at a certain degree, mine just was very enormous. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to affect your business. And so I, I needed people to get, get through that so that they can kind of understand the business tools that I was trying to give you as well and how I'm able to sustain, but God. Yep. All right. So yeah, you can, and let you know that you can move from this traumatic space to a space of triumph. It doesn't have to stay like that. And I, and I meet so many people um, that want to stay, they want to stay there. They want to stay in the trauma. They want to keep rehashing the trauma. They want to keep reliving the trauma. And that's not a space that I wanted to um, reside in. I had better accommodations for myself. <laughs> Did not want to live there. Why, so, do think, why do you think, um, and you know, when we're talking about trauma, I think that um, many people listening may go like, oh, why would a victim want to live in that trauma? But you see it on a micro level uh -huh. trauma all the time where it's like, you know, some uh, your numbers are down. And it's like people want to like just stay. So like, you know, there's enormous trauma and then there's like this everyday trauma and mm -hmm. people why do people want to stay there and just you know what I don't I, I don't know if I really have an answer to that I I know for me I did not want to be the victim and I did not want to have the sympathy I did not want your pity um because I know I I do know of some that will use that as uh, uh, as a as a tool to kind of manipulate manipulate others, you know. And I didn't want to do that. And uh, and 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 does and I, and then I don't want to be too harsh with it either, and make it seem like you shouldn't um, have those moments where you think back and you're like, I can't believe that happened. Because I I do I do do that. I'll I'll go back to that to that being that eleven year old girl, and I'll I'll go back there, and I'm like, oh, I could have done this or I could have done that, and then that thing will start spiraling you down in the rabbit hole of now it's my fault. Not nope, come on back up, come back where you are. Right now, we've done that work. We've talked about those boundaries. We talked about that that was that person's fault. It wasn't your fault. And so you have, I think, because I did the work, I'm able to get out of there quick, you know? Yep. So it still happens, but you've got the the framework, the ladder to get out of that day. Oh, yeah. I, I get out really, really quick. I may shed, like, even through this podcast, I got a little quivering. I got a little tears that wanted to try to um, hash up just remembering as you're telling the story, 
But because I've done the work, I'm able to kind of like, okay, don't live there. Don't stay there. You, and that's why, and that's why I have this, a, 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 a saying that I came up with. I'm not going to live there because I have better accommodations for myself. I do. <laughs> I love that. So, so when you started a new practice, well, mm-hmm. not I did because when, I couldn't swallow. I didn't want to wallow in that either. Um, you know, I didn't want to, I want to, I did not want to wallow in what most people would look like as a failure. Yeah. And so, and that's the reason why I came up with the acro- an acronym for fail is find another initiative to launch. So, okay. I messed up. All right. I I mean, you got screwed over, but like, okay. Yeah. By the way, did you, did you sue this man? Did he go to jail? Did you get money back? Like, no, no. Oh, okay. No. And I can tell, and I can talk about, I could, you know, and that's the reason why people's like, go back, revise it, tell me more, because I told, I talked about this, the fourth thing that happened to me while I was trying to rebuild my practice, when I went and worked with another doctor, and he took $250,000 from me, because he, I was there renting space from him, and he was, and I, and, and part of the independent contract, the deal was, he was, my, I was able to use his staff. I was able to use um, his equipment and everything while I was getting my practice uh, built. He was sending in all the PI claims, all the insurance claims in his name instead of mine. So he took a lot of money from me. All the attorneys that I was working with, that the girl, all the attorneys that I was working with, they were sending the tra- checks directly to him. And I was like, where's my money? Where's my money? And then the moment I went to ask him for money is when he wanted to say, okay, let's, let's do a, let's do this contract and whatever like that. Again, still haven't done the work because had I done the work, I would have like, I'm not coming in here with this person until they give me a, a contract of what he said. But I believe them. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why you get hard nosed Dr. Nisa today. We don't do anything without it being in writing. Nothing. I mean nothing. It could be something small. I'm going to I'm going to gift you some furniture. Okay, let's put that in writing. I have gotten that it's just that methodical when it comes to that kind of stuff. We don't, I don't even play. Don't tell me what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. Let me see your contract. Let me see your papers. Let me see this. And that doesn't sound like unhealthy boundaries. So like that kind of leads me to, gosh, I have so many questions. Oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> the nerve of this guy to do that. Um, was he a white man? He was. Where oh, he's, he was, and I have a nice recording of him talking and how he thinks he did me a favor by letting me, letting, that's the terms he used, letting me come in his practice to serve. So you aren't letting me do anything. I was, this, I said, this is the good old United States of these here, America, and I paid you to be here. It's called capitalism, darling. At its finest, you stole from me and you committed fraud. I said, just 
like, I didn't commit fraud. I didn't do that. Okay. And then he will say stuff. You think you smarter than everybody. I said, no, I'm highly intelligent. Smart is not what I am. I'm intelligent. I am not loose at the lips. When I speak, I speak with confidence. I speak with authority and I speak like someone that's intelligent and you're not used to that, sir. And I walked up out of the office. Yeah. But you are a black woman and how dare you? Yeah. Oh. How dare I call him on my money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how dare so, so that's the, that's the, that's the kind of stuff that people say, cause I, cause I talk about it in the book, but I, I just skim over it. Oh, this happened and da, 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 da. And then I tell you, I tell you all of the things that happened bad to me. And then I also tell you all of the things that happened bad to the people that did bad things. <laughs> cause he lost his practice. And then I don't know why his clinic burned down three months later. <laughs> we don't know why. We don't know why your animals on your farm are dead. <laughs> I don't. We don't know why. All right, we she's don't an eight. Know she's why. an Enneagram eight. Um, so let's talk about the new practice. Mm-hmm. So you've done the work. What are some of the most important aspects? Your takeaways from the work that you did that you finally got around to doing. Um, that you applied to your practice? I like that, it, it, that I have to see about me first. Okay. I am the foundation to everything that I do in life. I have to love me. I have to take care of me. I have to make that time and space where it's just me being in love with myself and it doesn't matter about anybody else. I had to make sure that I peeled all those layers of myself and really got to that little Anissa that was shamed, that was taken advantage of, that was molested, that was raped, and give her a big old hug and tell her, sweetheart, none of that was your fault. You are good. You are the best. And it, and it goes back to like my routine each morning. I, have, I meditate. And I also have a saying that I say in the mirror and I look at myself each morning. And I say that I'm the best. I deserve the best. I am the best because. And I have to do that every morning so that I can be my own champion, my own cheerleader for myself. And I know and and I know that I don't need anybody else to do that for me. I don't need to have any of the accolades from the community. I don't have to have my parents. I don't have to have my child. I don't have to have my friends. I don't have to have anyone to validate me. I did self-validation and I do it every day. And then it allows me to come into the office and be a caring, loving doctor to my patients, a wise employer to my staff, and a good overall person to the rest of the world. I'm able to do that today. And I don't and I'm not angry anymore. I'm not mad anymore. I'm not shamed. I am not bitter. 
I get to tell this story and I get to let other women know that if you're going going through this, you can prevail. You do not have to stand in that. You don't have to stand in that. You can do something else and just know that it was not your fault. You you got to go back. You have to go back and, 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 and talk through the years of things that happened to you. And that's what I do. This, I don't mean this to sound trite, but like, thank you so much. <laughs> like, thank you for sharing this. Um, do you think 29-year-old you, like, if you would have like, I'm like, all right, you, you woke up and you were, you know, in your 20s and you're like, I'm going to do the work now. Do you think you could have done the work earlier? Do you think that like God's timing was perfect? God's timing is always perfect. Oh yeah, it's, it, it is always perfect. I just don't think that I would have been in the, I don't think I would have had the bandwidth to do it. I just don't. Um, then um, the 30s, my 30s was the perfect time for it to happen. And I think the catalyst, again, for me to go ahead and take action was when I lost it all. When I was at rock bottom, I had to close my practice that I had built and I did all the things right to build it. I didn't owe anybody any money while I was building it, but yet I was broke. And, um, and I even share in my book, I can Laura, I Laura, I Laura, I can still smell the trash dumpster that was in the back of my shopping center as we were moving that stuff out of my office. Um, that office at that time was like um, it was seven thousand square feet office, and I had to get that stuff out of there, and. It was bad, hot, just as it was hot that day. The trash was beaming from the dumpster because that's where we had to park the truck to keep moving stuff in, in and out of, out of there. And just the emotions of crying every time I picked something up to take it to that truck, there were tears rolling down my eyes because I felt like I had did everything right. I did it in anger. But I did everything right. And to allow someone that I loved, someone that I cared about, somebody that I thought loved me to take all my life's work at the time, I turned back into that little girl. Mm -hmm. And so I had to really ponder and get myself out of the 11 year old state I was in as a 30-some-year-old woman. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I knew to do that is I needed help at that point. Yeah. And so I sought out, I sought out the help and I wasn't shame at all. I was telling everybody, yep, I got psychiatrists, got psychologists. I was not shame at mm -hmm. all. You know how, you know, sometimes doctors have to have this walk of shame if they go to someone for mental health. Right. I had, I, there was no shame in my game. In fact, I'll pick up and call my psychiatrist it, anytime I need her. I'm like, honey, move over bacon. Here comes something meteor. I'm coming. Let me talk to you. Because something almost tipped. 
the scales today, girl. You know, so it's like that. Oh my gosh. I always say the work is never done. That's important. It's like your it's, it, your work is never done. It's like your it's like your it's like your faith walk. It's, you never get the at a one hundred percent. And I think that's sometimes a challenging thing to say as a Christian because people think that you're like, oh, you're a Christian and you're gonna do everything right all the time and you're done together. Hallelujah. No, it's a walk, mm-hmm. and sometimes you fall. But you have, again, the blueprint to get your butt up and get back out there. And that's the tools that I was able to get from my mental health uh, team. They gave me the tools not to stay in the dumps. I just couldn't be like that. That's not my, that's not the way I, I'm built. And that's, what I, and that's the reason why I say I was built for this. Everybody, everybody is not built for what I went through. It is, um, it is so good to have women like you in this profession. <laughs> Where are you most active um, so other chiropractors can like follow you, be inspired by you? Where can they buy your book? Yeah, thank you. So you're able to get the book. The book is on Amazon. Also, I have my own site where I um, can give you an autographed copy of the book. It's called Trauma to triumphbook.com. If you go on to Amazon, all you have to do is put from, from trauma to triumph in your search engine and it'll go straight there to give you the book. It is a best-selling book um, through the Amazon portal. So I'm so excited about that. Um, you can read some of the reviews as well of, of everybody that has loved the, and, and one of the things they love about the book is that it is a easy read. And I wanted it to be like that. I wanted somebody to be able to read my book and really get to know me better and understand what I've gone through so that it can help them in their walk in life. And I'm, I'm a super spiritual person. I talk about that journey in the book as well, um, because that's how I stay steadfast each day. If I did not have um, my belief systems in place, I but God, that's all I can say, because I probably will be um, in a mental institution, if not. Um, but also, if you want to connect with me on social media, um, you can follow me on every social media outlet at Dr. Nisa DC. So that's D-R-N-I-S-S-A-D-C. So I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube. And now I'm on the infamous clubhouse that has taken over the world. Hey, uh, I'm an, I'm a late adapter. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm not doing it. It's so fun. Is it? So much fun. So much fun. Um, it's, uh, it's because you're able to choose your conversation. On Facebook, you can't choose your conversation. You get all the, the naughty bits. You get all the, you know, and then you kind of find your tribe as you're, as you're navigating on Facebook. Same way with Instagram. But on Clubhouse, if you want to hear what 
someone's talking about you got to enter that room to hear that conversation and get 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 all absorbed and drawn in so i'm very very um i'm very keen on the kind of energy that i let in my space because uh, one of the things that i do with my clients because i do uh, also help chiropractors chiropractors start their, uh, their business or get their business to a scalable six to seven figures as well because i'm a business consultant and coach and one of the things that i do tell my students all the time is you have to make sure you preserve your crazy. So what I mean by that is you have to make sure that you're always in a positive, a gratitude, attitude for gratitude space uh, so that you can attract that back to yourself. So I'm a big, I'm a big uh, person that I'm going to see you to go watch the secret, honey, go watch the secret. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that you can understand why you don't want to have yourself in the, these negative realms. So anytime the conversation starts getting where it's no longer positive for me, I'm exiting. I'm like, oh, good to see you guys. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> All right. It was so good to see you today. I'm going to go now. You know, it's, yeah. and, and, I, and I don't feel bad for doing it because I used to feel bad before I did the work. You felt like you, you needed to engage with people mm -hmm. and, and, and hear their foolishness. Right now, I'm like, oh, you know what? I got to go. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, I don't think I've done enough work to be on Clubhouse yet. Oh, yeah. Control your control. But, you know, but again, I have boundaries. I go into rooms that are talking about things that I'm interested in. So if it's not talking about holistic health, if it's not talking about entrepreneurship, I'm not in the room because there's nothing that I want to hear about your foolishness. So that's going to bring my energy down. Mm -hmm. And now I'm not going to be able to do what I need to do because remember, Self-care, self-preservation are the keys to me winning. So I have to see by myself. So I can't put all that stuff in my temple and think that I'm going to be able to pour into somebody else. Right. It's just not going to happen. Yep. <laughs> well, this has been a delightful way to spend a Friday. Um, you are a, a wonderful human. Thank you again so much for being on the show and sharing your story. Um, she Slayers definitely go by the book. Um, like she said, it's super easy to read. I mean, minus the uh, heaviness of yeah. the subject, but um, it's it's good. It's really really good, and I enjoy it a lot. And and I enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Dr. Lauren. And um, and if anybody wants to connect with me for us, like speaking, because I do a lot of speaking engagements. Um, you can connect with me at drnisa.com. So you, I do have a website for that as well. Um, the website will kind of navigate to all the things that we talked about today. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's okay. It's okay to, to live. It's okay to release. It's okay to be unapologetically who you are. And um, I would just leave you with that because most people, when they hear my story, they think that how, how can you stand there like that? How could you be, how can you be so confident and assured and happy? Cause I did the work. 
And that's what it's really about. And I think we all need a little work. We, there's nobody's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could say that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's it. I'm just um I'm just delighted that you that you saw enough of, of me to even uh, ask me to be a part of what you have here. I think this is a great platform uh, for women um, to be empowered, for them to be educated and enlightened on the struggles, the triumphs, the challenges, and the overcomeness of everything that we have to do to be women. Mm -hmm. I tell people it's a badge of honor that I wear daily and I'm happy to be a shero in this community. I don't I, I don't know about because I because we were sharing how, you know, people ask me, you know, I got these male like qualities. But I tell them at the end of the day, I am a woman and I just am an assertive, ambitious one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you don't get to take my awesomeness and say it's because I'm a man, like, or like a man. No, I'm an awesome woman. Like, right. Like, oh. like you, you can't do all of that. Yes, I can. I can do whatever I want. Yes, I can. I'm a girl. I'm a woman. <laughs> all right. She Slayers. Well, thanks for being here with Dr. Nisa and I in this conversation and, um, showing up with a vulnerable heart to listen. And um, for those of you that this resonated with on a more personal level, reach out to Dr. Nisa, get her book, you know, like definitely do the work um, because this is a profession that needs, that needs women to show up having done the work and being our best selves for our patients. So that's right. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Nisa. You're welcome. And it was my pleasure, indeed. Good. And She Slayers, I will see you again next week. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients, Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. <laughs>